temperature test him. He's been hot. Can you believe it? Eddie's back. Oh, hail Eddie. What about this from ball inside? 50, Cottrell! From nowhere! Cottrell from 45, directly in front. The Blues are up by a kicky test. Have a look at him. Back there for Cripps. Spins out of traffic. Through one. Pass another. Jones his class. Gets it back from Betts. G'day Blue Baggers and welcome to the Blues Footy Podcast. It's your host Jed Zetzer here alongside my co-host and good friend Harrison Hyman's Bolt. Welcome to the show. How are we? I'm good mate. Good to be back and good to be back after a W. That was very necessary. Very necessary. Sunday was very necessary. We got up. We got up and Bolt. The external review begins today. Uh, mm, how convenient. So there's been a lot of uh, talk around this. We'll get to it. Let's first analyse the game, though, because we did get our first win in a month. Well, nearly a month, I think, anyways. Yep. Um, it was all about the second quarter, though, wasn't it? It really was. It was a game where we played for half an hour. Two goals in the opening quarter, eight in the second, two in the third, and no goals in the fourth quarter. So, essentially, it was four goals scored outside of, you know, a 30-minute period. it took us to the last gasp in the first quarter to kick a goal. So... Mm. It was a funny old game for us. We just absolutely turned it on for half an hour and that was that. Yep, really. it was. Uh, we got out to 36 goal lead and it was always going to be hard to pick us back from there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But uh, the last couple of episodes, we haven't been giving our you know best on ground, second best, third best. We'll do that today. But before we get to it, let's uh, analyze the plays. So let's talk about the best of field. Who was, who was the best on ground for your, in your opinion? So, I think for me, there were a clear five on the day. Do you um, want to go through them? There were, well, I think the best, so I think the best was clearly Sam Walsh again. Right. So, let, let's let's stop there and let's go, let's analyze his game and then we'll get through the next five. Walshie, um, so Baldi's had 38. Unbelievable. 38, a career high for him. Nine score involvement, seven marks, four tackles. Three clearances and the nine inside 50s. So he's had an absolute blinder. He's a rock star. Yeah, he's he is. He absolutely is. Um, I've got him on 16 Brownlow votes. Yeah, I was looking at the AFL.com.au predictor. They have him on 13. Alrighty. So he's up there. Where, yeah. Where's where's he sitting in yours? Fifth. Okay. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, he was the clear. He's a gun. He's oh, he's unbelievable. He just every, any he's just the most really... dynamic, well balanced midfielder I've seen in a long time. He's brilliant. He was, you know, he got tagged out of the game last week in Western Sydney, but that's a way to respond. Back with a bang. Uh, second best to fit. I mean, we can touch, we can speak about him all day, but I think everyone knows we don't need to go into yeah. the great man with too much detail. Second best, I think it was Liam Jones. Mm. I thought Liam Jones was. Fabulous. I thought he was unbelievable, actually, Liam Jones. Um, didn't put a foot wrong. Because usually with Jonesy, 
He dominates the airwaves, but there's always some kicking errors. There's always some goals off the back of Liam Jones by foot. Um, that didn't happen. He had the Phil Thorpe matchup for most of the game, I thought. And um, Phil Thorpe didn't hit the scoreboard. How many marks did Phil Thorpe take? Wouldn't have been a lot. Um, he took three. I'm not sure how many of those were inside 50, though. Jones was tremendous. It was almost a flawless Liam Jones game. He was brilliant. Yeah, uh, Riley Thilthorpe, his three marks, zero inside 50. So There you have it. There you go. Uh, Liam Jones, yeah, let's let's take you through some of his stats. So uh, his marking was unbelievable yesterday. He took three contested marks. Um, you know, he's just he's just had a huge, huge day. Ten intercept possessions as well. Yeah, well, that's where it's at. He's just brilliant. He's just so reliable in the air defending. And I guess, you know, we spoke about how he occasionally makes mistakes by foot. Uh, he went at 82% yesterday, so he's, he's you know, he's done really well. He set the tone early. So he was good early as well, yeah. Jones. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Liam Jones, second best to field for yours, who was uh, rounding out the top three. <laughs> well, so I saw... how I saw Carlton had Saad as the best on ground. So, oh, look, for me... There's there's a few that can there's three clear ones that can go into here. I'm gonna give it to Dow. Huge. I'm Took you a while to get that one out. <laughs> yeah. Alright, let's uh let's analyze him. Twenty touches. He was really good. Twenty touches. He had the four marks, the three tackles. He had probably his career best game. He kicked a goal. Um twenty one pressure acts. He had the cl- a couple of clearances. Four inside fifties, you know that that I think was the best match he's played for the club. It was definitely his best game. It was a smart game. He positioned himself really well off the back of stoppages as well. In transition, he was really really good. He, he was really really good, Dow, and it was very impressive. And it was a very much required game for his job. Mm. And it was a. It was a consistent performance. He was great. He it was wasn't. Great. It wasn't. You know, dominated by one quarter specifically. You know, his disposals were spread out across the four. It was. It was a consistent performance. He put in four good quarters. Um, yeah, it's sort of what we've been waiting for, isn't it? Very necessary. He was brilliant. He was so very good. You touched on Adam Saad. Saad was brilliant as well. Saad is just got the most lethal left foot. It's mm. just like it's like laser like. He hits people on the tit. I've said it before. It's like elastic. He can just... He wheels around on it, doesn't he? I know. He, he likes to really tuck himself up against the boundary line and he just does. slingshot it in. And you know what? Saad's goal in the first quarter was just absolutely enormous. You know, the scores were 18 to 0 at the time. Mm. Um, you know, about a minute and a half off quarter time. If you go into... If, you know, if we would have gone into quarter time 18-0 down... Could you imagine how toxic Marvel Stadium would have sounded? Mm. It wouldn't have been nice. Saad's goal was just massive, just for morale, for just for us going in. And then Mackay kicked one before quarter time. Yeah. But um, Saad was great. So, and, you know, Saad's run down on Sam Berry as well, I think, heading into the last quarter or second huge, quarter. Wasn't that in the last quarter? In the last quarter, yeah. That so, was just a huge run down. Huge. Like, absolutely A enormous. goal-saving run down. So, Saad, he was terrific. Yeah, I think I think you've nailed these first four. Who's the fifth? Well, number sixteen. And the amount of marks Jacob Wedering took. 
I was going to say, who's number 16? See, Mount of Mark's wheatering took 16. He also got assaulted at one stage um, in the 50. But, you know, he recovered from that. He was just... You know, we've got the most dynamite key defenders. We really do. Mm. And I know Tex kicked a couple or a few, but Weedering was sensational. I thought they were our best five on the day. Yeah. Now, Weedering, I mean, for, for a defender, a key defender, he had 22 disposals at 82% efficiency... 16 marks. 16. 16 marks. I can't believe that. That is crazy. Um, He also, out of the 119 minutes the game went for, he was on the ground for 110. The nine minutes would have been when he was assaulted. (laughs) Um, He's had eight rebound 50s, 11 one percenters. He's just had the ultimate performance. There was a moment in the third quarter. It was just after he came back on the field, probably after being assessed. He marked the ball, let's say, 85 out from goal, intercept mark, and drilled it to Harry Mackay. Mm. And I'll I'll find the footage. But you're going to have to do some real digging to find a full back that kicks the ball better than Jacob Wiedering. It's funny because it's good... Imagine if we had two weederings, one one to stay in the position he's in, and then another one to almost play that Tom McDonald role where they're like 70 metres out from goal, kicking it in. Because his delivery inside yeah. 50 is solid. He is. And, and he's a great mark overhead. If we can get him marking it on the wings and driving it inside 50, you know, I mean, that's obviously the luxury we'd have if we'd have two of him. But, I mean, he'd probably play that role just as well as he, you know, plays this one. He's sensational. So I thought they were our best five. Um, yeah, I think they were the clear five for me. There's a couple of noticeable, a couple of notable performances as well. For I think. sure, for sure. I thought the captain was very good. Yeah. So, well, which one? Cripps. Yeah. Uh, well, Doherty wasn't bad either. I didn't um, notice Doherty a lot, to be honest. I think Cripps went missing in patches as well. To be honest with you, um, his second quarter was clearly he's, the one. I know we know this, but he's just so strong in the hips. There was a goal we kicked where. It might have been the Dow goal. I think it was the Dow goal where Cripps rode a bump in the middle of the ground. It was, you know, at the back of the center square. He kind of grabbed the ball and just rode the bump and, like, took the contact and attracted two guys to him. And then he's still strong enough in the hips to be able to dish out a handball. And that's where, you know, Dow got the space and kicked a long-range goal. So, Mm. I thought Cripps was unbelievable. And Cripps' goal was just... I've watched it about 25 times. And then the celebration. Yeah, no, nah, it, it was awesome. It was awesome. It was absolutely a great goal. 20 disposals at 80% efficiency. He was terrific. He had the four tackles. He had a mark. He had eight score involvements, 19 pressure acts, four clearances, two inside 50s. Was fantastic. Was absolutely fantastic. Um, but there's a couple I want to talk about. Um, I thought, interestingly enough, he only kicked one goal. But I thought that was Matt Oe's best performance for the year. Yeah, he, he was handy. He had some very big efforts as well. Even, you know, Eddie Betts' goal in the pocket in the second quarter. Yeah. Oe's his little The little flick to yeah. Martin who handballed it. Yeah, that was all on Oe's. Took a great contested mark inside 50. Yeah, no, Oe's was good. Um, he actually took four marks inside 50 as well, which was fantastic. But it was a career high, 17 disposals for him. So he got his hands on the pill yesterday... He linked up a lot with Walshy in that first quarter. He did. No, always did play well. Always, look, always is safe at the moment. And I think... You know, you know if the... he's a small forward taking eight marks. 
you know, that's... No, that's great. And I think the rise... I think the form Betts and Owies have shown since round seven... Because Owies' first game of the year was round seven, it was wasn't it? was against the Dons. The Dons. So, since they've been in the team together, I think it's almost their importance to the team has probably gone past the importance of the Mosquito fleet early in the year of guys like Fogarty and Gibbons and Silvani, those higher half forwards, because we're more dangerous when we're deep and we get it in more direct. And that's where Owies and Betts come into play. See, I think Owies and Betts have created this beautiful chemistry between them. Betts is... You know, Betts has been a different player since Owies has come into the team. Betts, yeah. Betts right now, he's he's a premier small forward in the competition. I'd say he's easily top 10 for small forwards in the comp right now, current form. Yeah. There's not many of them. Yeah, I haven't thought about it to so know, but he look, he's playing well. Uh, he's, he's, he kicked three yesterday. He's playing very well, Betts. He's having a huge year. He looked like he was having too much fun with his ex-teammates at one stage. <laughs> well, hang on. How, what's his stats like this year? How many goals has he kicked? I think he's going at 1.7 a game, which in comparison to a lot of the other small forwards isn't far off the mark at yeah, all. You're spot on. He's going at 1.7. It's in the elite category. So, yeah, I mean, it's... How many has he kicked for the year? I'm trying to work it out. Um, well, he missed the first two games, so 1.7 times So he's no, 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 here we go. He's kicked 20 goals. So, look, he's going to end with about 30-odd goals, which that's, is a remarkable effort. That's, you know, that is a premier small forward, no? Not premier, but for the competition this year, it's going to be top oh, look, five to top ten. It's exceeding all expectations. Um, yeah, I think Eddie, and, and as I said, I think it's since Owies has come into the team, Eddie's, it's freed him up, really. Um, let's talk about, well, I want to talk about Matt Kennedy for a second, because this is nuts, I think. Uh, and I was going on about this last week, how whenever he's come into the side really and been playing inside mid purely, he's always played well. He's always got his hands on the pill. He's done his job. I just, I guess maybe we've looked a bit slow at times with him. Not at times. Usually when he plays, we do look slow, but... So he backed up last week's performance. He was best on for us last week, and he's had 24 this week, seven marks. He's had the three tackles. He's just, he's played a really good game. 17 pressure acts. Uh, He had the three clearances, four inside 50s, covered the ground nicely. Didn't look out of whack in terms of his pace. He He didn't look noticeably slow as he has in previous years. It's an interesting one because if he continues playing like this, well, you know, they're probably going to have to give him another contract. Yeah, they will. Um, Not only that, I mean, if he keeps playing like this, he's probably in our best 22. It's a very interesting... It's, it's going to be a very interesting couple of months for Kennedy. Because he was... And look, I like the term. He did cover the ground really well yesterday because he was an outlet kick coming out of defensive 50 a lot as well. Um, he was good. He look, he, he was good. And I, I, think, he, I think clubs are going to have their eye on him. If we were to delist him this year... There's no doubt in my mind he would find another home. Yeah, I'm not looking at anyone else by the Gold Coast. Um, but... I think Essendon have been rumoured last year. Mm. It'd be interesting. He Look, he's playing well. He's playing... He, he, they're contributing. You know, the midfield looked a little more dangerous. You know, it was one-way traffic in the second mm. quarter. Um, the midfield looked so much more dangerous last night. Well, talking of the midfield, what did you think of Petrovsky-Seedon? Because he didn't play... I mean... 
I must admit, I missed a little bit of the first quarter. I got to the game late because I was coming from the VFL. But um, from what I saw, it didn't really look like he particularly played inside midfield. It more looked like he was playing on a flank. I mean, what do you think of his performance? So it was more forward half performance. Mm. It's still... I know he got... I know he's received a lot of plaudits. It doesn't really get me going still, though. It's probably more suitable for him, playing where he played on Sunday rather than, you know, deep in the back pocket. I'll accept that. But I just think with Petrescu's seed, and I still don't think he's elevated himself in the category of just another player. I'll put it to you this way. I think a lot of people will get caught up with the fact that he was a lot better than he had been playing in the back pocket. But it yeah. still wasn't necessarily, you know, anything amazing. In saying that, he had five tackles and 18 pressure acts. So he's he's done what they want him to do, and that is, you know, apply some pressure. You know, get into the game a little bit more. Five, uh, as I mentioned, five tackles, the three marks. So he's only had 14 touches. Well, he'll um, hold his spot for sure. Yeah, yeah. I actually think we'll be unchanged next week. But... Mm, probably will be. Yeah. Um, let's quickly race through a couple of other names. So the other one that I think had a re- another required performance, he f- he actually for the first time this year or, or since the Collingwood game looked dangerous, and that was Jack Martin. Yeah. He played a bit deeper. was a marking option. He was just another facet going forward. Yeah. That was it. Th- that was another was a avenue great, to go. Yeah, it was a great performance. Um, and he took five marks inside 50. Massive. Like, that makes a massive difference for us. Um, yeah, I mean, he f- the game that he played yesterday, it's not a disposals-based game. It's impact inside 50. No, he was great. And you look at him, you go, all right, well, he's hit the scoreboard in a big way. He's kicked two goals. I think it was two goals, two. Um, you know, he's had the eight score involvements. He's had a goal assist. And as I mentioned, he had had five marks inside 50. So, you know, you look at that and you go, all right, well, that's, you know, let's see it again. We want more of that. That's the Jack Martin we want. We don't want the Jack Martin we saw in Sydney. We want this Jack Martin. Yeah. Oh, he just looked... Do you think that's his natural position then? The third tall forward. Mm, Rather than playing inside. I really liked him in the midfield last year because he's just so clean. But I, think, I don't think he's capable this year with his knee. I'm not sure. I actually do prefer him in the midfield. I just think he 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 almost changes up. Because, you know, I've always called for Charlie Kernow to be a midfielder. And I think Jack Martin was almost the next best thing to that. Just a bit more dynamic, a bit clean. Just, you know, because he's, he's a pretty tall lad. Just a hard matchup. And he offers a point mm. of difference for us in the midfield. So I still do like it, to be honest. But um, I think... Oh, Look, for needs at the moment, we obviously need that second tall because we were only playing the one Ruckman and Jack Silvani in the ruck. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, if we get a game, you know, the next game we lose, naturally the midfield's going to just, you know, the, you know this, how do, I put, how do I put this politely? The next time Carlson lose, the midfield is going to be, you know... Blamed. Well, not blamed. It's just, it's just going to be made to look really slow. And that's what you're going to ask for someone like Jack Martin to come in. So I still think Jack Martin... I prefer Jack Martin running through the middle. All right. Well, another one, one of our big recruits, Zach Williams. So we really weren't, you know, happy with his performance against GWS. He's come out and he's played well yesterday. I I don't think it was 
the most we can see from him. I still think there's room for more improvement. But 26 disposals. He kicked a lovely goal. Big goal. Four marks, two had, tackles. I even had my hands up. I didn't stand <laughs> up. had my hands up. <laughs> and he's had the uh, six score involvements as well from the back line. So, I mean, and 626 metres gain. That, is, that would have to be almost a team high. Um, six rebound, 55 inside, 50. So, I mean, that was probably the performance that we were after from Williams. As I said, I, I still, I look at that game and I still go, well, I'd like to think there's still room for more oh, improvement. For sure. But uh, it was something more than what we've been getting. Um, yeah. No, it was, once again, he's, he's, you know, he was, he's had games like this, you know, it was very similar to the game against Hawthorne. With gonna, it was basically the same. Basically the same, where it's like, it's a nice level. But it's not the level. It's not what we paid for. It's just not even money now. It's just not what we like, expect. No, you know, we still need more. But he was good. You know, we definitely can't ping him because he was that horrible against GWS. <laughs> that you know, it was almost you know anything that wasn't to the level of you know that he played against Adelaide would be unacceptable. Um, now, very quickly racing through some other names. Well, I just want to talk for a second, actually, about Lucky Plowman because we'll talk about his game in a second. But when Weedering copped one from Fogarty, how good was it? See, was it to see Plowman? Was it Fogarty that hit him or McAdam? No, Fogarty. Was it Fogarty. 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 Oh, okay, got my threes and twos mixed up then. Pretty sure it was Fogarty. I was booing McAdam. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can boo him anyway, but what was it actually 23 and 30 I must have got him mixed up sorry Shane (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah nah so Weedering's copped one and Plowman who's missed the last three weeks has come in and he's gone nah unacceptable straight over to him and you know what it was bloody awesome to see a melee because you don't see them at Carlton games so when that happened I turned to my dad who I was sitting with and I actually said it's nice to see we have some personality it is. You don't see melees at Carlton games. Just We played with a bit of personality yesterday. Like, play with a bit of grit. Stocker and Plowman, the two, to go straight over. Mm. That's what you want. I want everyone to go over. Back up back up our best player from last year. Back up our best and fairest winner. Mm. And that's why, you know, Sunday's win, it wasn't our best four-quarter win, but it was probably better than, you know, the Hawthorne and the Gold Coast yeah, wins yeah. because we played with a bit of character. There was a bit of spark. There was a bit of electricity yeah. with all 14,000 fans under the roof <laughs> or the open roof, actually. Don't have to wear your mask in your seat. But that, that's, you know, there, you know, there was a bit of electricity. In, there was. In Doc Lanes, which is why I enjoyed the win. No, there, there was. and that, But that's what I'm saying. I mean, I, I've been going on about this for so long now. I just want to see the boys get around each other. Like, when someone does something well, even if it's just a run-down tackle, like, someone, get around him. Mm. You know, give him a bit, a bit of acknowledgement. So if someone gets hit, go to the player who hit him. Like, back up your teammates. Show a bit of character. And we saw that a little bit more yesterday, and I think that was led by by Plowman. And, you know, you can say what you want about him. You know, he's, he's a player that divides the supporter base, but I actually thought he played well as well yesterday. No, he was okay yesterday. Um, and, I, and I think we've been missing him. As weird as that... I mean, not weird, but as... Oh, well, we, yeah. It's just a position which we've been going on about since he exited the team. We don't have a back pocket. Mm. Yeah, no. And, and he... Well, what, what, how did McAdam go yesterday? Because he played on McAdam. Um, yeah, well, he didn't... Wow, he didn't kick a goal. Mm. 
did not expect to say that because I think he's had he kicked a goal in every game this year. I reckon he sure. almost I'm, had. I'm not sure. But I reckon he almost had. I mean, if you look at McAdams' stats for the season so far, he's kicked twenty goals. It's fair effort. None of that. No, Plowman was good. Plowman was good yesterday. Um. All right. Let's. Uh. Who else haven't we? Oh, let's touch on Newman and Murphy. That situation. So Murphy goes down in the first quarter. Yep. So lower Gee. leg injury was it? <sighs> Mate, I'm. I'm just praying he gets up. If, if this puts him out for a while, it'll be just devastating. I want to see more of him before he leaves us. Oh, for sure. Um, very upsetting for Merv. Very upsetting. I mean, he, growing up, he was my absolute favourite player. Like From the second he walked through the doors, my lucky number was number three. He was given the number three Guernsey. Got him on my first Guernsey. Oh, I thought that was Digby Morrell, but... No. <laughs> he got number three. Oh. oh, six. No, no, but Digby was before that. That's why I thought yeah. you got the number three. No, I just... I don't know. Um, anyways, Newman comes on. And he was dropped, but he won't be dropped after this performance. He had 21, 11 marks bolt. He's, you know, played a big part in us controlling the ball off the halfback. He had the five tackles. He also went at 81% efficiency, four score involvements, seven pressure acts, two clearances. And then he's had the two inside 50s and the two rebound 50s. So he's... And he's been another, you know... Suspect that's just been playing really bland footy recently, so it was very good from Newman as well. Well, I thought it was more of a creative game from him. It was. And I think we spoke about was Kennedy intent, doing this. Was intent to get a 1-2 and advance and just go a bit more direct. Yeah, and he, he was another one who covered the ground. I think we saw a bit of him between the between the arches, which is what we wanted to see. Um, now, these are two players who... I was sort of unsure how to assess their performances... Jack Nunes and Ed Kerno. I thought Nunes was pretty good. I don't know. I didn't notice him a whole heap. Um, so but I he, didn't he notice... made a big tackle late in the game. Yeah. See, I didn't notice Kerno a lot. I didn't either. I. It's funny. I said to... Um, I was sitting with my family. I said to them, have you seen Ed Kerno? Mm. This was like in the third quarter. I had no idea he was playing. Yeah. Hadn't seen him once. I didn't notice him a lot either, Kerno. But that's Ed Kerno for you. I actually thought Nunes was okay. I actually thought Nunes was good. Mm. I don't know what I've got with Jack Nunes. I think that goal is <clears> living in my head rent-free. But <laughs> Mate, you always think he plays all right. I know. I thought he was fine yesterday. I, I really did. It's fair. It's fair. Um, so, the ruck situation yesterday. Yeah, just very quickly. Liam Stocker, was that probably his best game? He was good. No, I I like I actually really like Stocker. He doesn't get me like, you know. He doesn't get me through the turnstiles, but I think he I just think he's going to be a really dependable footballer I agree. for us. 17 disposals, the seven marks, he had a tackle, he had the four rebound 50s. You know, that's I think that's pretty much what he almost, we can ask of him in the plays, position he's playing. He play, I was going to say he plays in a very very different position to who I'm going to say, but I feel like his importance no, this is going to sound so stupid. No, we'll but go I'm going on to say it. it. I feel like going forward, his importance to Carlson is going to be unheralded in a similar vein to how Shane Edwards is treated at Richmond. 
okay, I get what you're saying. He's going to be that type of player. So he's not going to be a superstar, but he's going to be seen as, you know... But he's the guy that's just going to be paddling the ball along or he's, you know, he's never going to, you know, average a lot of possessions. I don't think he's going to be that midfielder. I just think he's going to be that nuggety halfback flanker. And I know that Edwards is more forward half, but I just think he's going to be, you know, even like a Maynard. Okay. But a more attacking Maynard because you know Maynard can shut down as well I think that's where it's, it is going forward for Stocker okay I don't mind that I don't mind that at all I just think he's got a Give lot of a attributes Edwards or he's a got a lot of, yeah I just think he's got a lot of attributes that we look for in a footballer and he's got them and he's got them early and he's had a good I think he's had nine games in a row now so he's had a really good run at see, it see this is what I was saying to you from pretty much when he came into the side even when he was getting beaten, he just looks comfortable at the level. Yeah, He's no, never looked out of his depth. You know, we've seen, and, and I'm not going to name players here, but we've seen a couple of players in the last three, uh, three or four years get games. Oh, I'm happy to name. We're not going to name, but... I'm happy to. You know, I'm always happy to. <laughs> we've seen some come in and we just go, yeah, no, nah, they're not, they're not going to stay at the level. You sure like you that. don't want me to name? Yeah, I think we're good, mate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, going back to your ruck discussion. Um, I can name. No, we're good, mate. Um, <laughs> to Koning and Jack Silvani. Yep. So look, it was, we'll name these. <laughs> it was the fourteenth. It was the fourteenth game of the season, and it was the first time we had a ruckman that could jump. Yep. Wasn't the, was what color crayon was he? <laughs> the ruckman got airborne. Well, I think I think, and I've been going on about this for a while, and I know you have as well. We are we've always been calling out for a ruckman who can actually take some marks around the ground. Um, and Deconing yesterday, he didn't necessarily take some marks around the ground, but what he did do was he stopped O'Brien from taking those marks around the ground. Uh, and hopefully he can, you know, eventually take his own. But And he also adds a bit of personality and a bit of yes. flavour at the centre stoppages. And Well, I'm going to say this. I think that second quarter, he was almost our best player. Every, he, every single ball up tapped out down to Cripps. And then he tapped one down, the Cripps goal. How good was he there? Yeah. He tapped it down. It went out. He chased it up, went to ground, handballed it over the head of the Adelaide player. Cripps took it, runs, you know, 60 steps and kicks his goal. Um, yeah. How good was DeConing in that passage of play? Tommy was good. I just think, I think what I like about him compared to the other Ruckman we have on our list is that if we do have to, you know, handball it or pass to him, it's not really an issue if he's got the ball around the ground. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, no, like it isn't. There was a moment on the, the interchange side. I was sitting on the interchange side. So there was a moment on that, that wing where I think he was tucked up against the boundary and we had to handball to him. Mm. It was just like it wasn't an issue. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, you, felt, you don't feel discomfort when he's got the ball. <laughs> it was just, yeah, no, I like Tommy. I'd, I, obviously, in an ideal, he's still so raw, but obviously in an ideal world, I think we'd like more around the ground from him. Yeah, yeah. But, um... You know, I think we've been crying out for a ruckman to give us a bit of something, you know, at stoppages and make the other ruckman, you know, think about him. Mm. And I think that's what he did. And, you know, this week now we've got an informed Sean Darcy and Rory Lobb, which is an interesting combination. Yeah, that so, is an interesting combination. It'll be a good test for um, the modern day Nankervis Broad. Yeah. Um, well, Nankervis well, Broad, Nankervis Grigg. What do you think of uh, Jack Silvani? So, I, I think at the moment, he's the 22nd player. Really? Yeah. On form, I think he's the 22nd player. So, you reckon he's next out? Yep. I think we'll go in unchanged next week, but I think if there had to be a change, 
it'd be Fisher for Silvani, but that won't happen because then who's going to do the second rucking? Hmm. I just think Silvani at the moment, or, and it might be Fogarty as well. See, I was going to say, I I mean, Fogarty, Fogarty had more pill yesterday. I think they're the two that are flirting with the reserves if they want to bring Fisher back in. Hmm. It won't be Silvani on the basis that he was the backup ruckman. Could be Fogarty. Or it might just not be Fish. I don't think Fisher's form demands. No, well, see, this is the question. A recall. If, if Fisher's re- well, hang on. I'm also a bit annoyed. Setterfield was out injured. We don't know what's happening with him. They didn't Wasn't give- it a fractured hand? Mate, they didn't give any update in the in the midweek injury thing last week. Yeah. Oh, I'm not surprised. But I know Setterfield would not be liking the, the form of Kennedy and Dow, would he? No, he well, Kennedy's just come in and taken his spot. That's really he, what's he, happened. He wouldn't be enjoying that, um, Will Setterfield. But the Fisher, Fogarty, Silvani, and then there's Gibbons as well. Well, so, Gibbons is out for the year, isn't he? Is he? Isn't also he? a long-term hammy. I thought it was a long-term hammy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he might be. I think you're right, actually. Maybe I'm wrong. Let's have a look. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, these are the spots that are up for grabs, really, aren't they? No, for sure. Uh, sorry, it does say Gibbons is a test. Okay. Uh, although, I don't know. Well, this update was the 22nd of June. So there's been a further update since, hasn't there? Yeah. Yeah, well, let's say Gibbons is indefinite at the moment. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, according to Carlson Plowman, wasn't meant to play this weekend. Bada bing, bada boom. Selected on Thursday night. <laughs> but, um... Oh, sorry. It does say here Setterfield is out for two to three with a hand injury. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... Well, this is the other interesting one. So, Levi Casbolt is available for selection this week. He probably comes in. We don't have a second ruck, and I don't think we need one, because we saw on the weekend we don't need one. But watch them bring him in. No. I think the coach... The club couldn't think it's it's ideal having Silvani in the ruck. No, obviously not. But the two ruckmen has barely worked all year. Not based on, you know... I don't like teams playing with two Ruckman. Just the second Ruckman every time is just so... Clearly the worst on the field. It, I just think... Let's pursue this for a bit. Yeah, Silvani's so makeshift. Let's just do it. It's well, fine. Well, well, it worked yesterday against Riley O'Brien, who's considered and one of the better Ruckmans. And it didn't need to happen very often either. You know? So... I agree. I don't think there's a need to swing Casbolt straight in. Bolt, uh... It was a yeah. I mean, it was a good performance. It was it was one we can definitely um, build from, though, which is always good with a win. Um, let's now talk about this external review. And before we get into it, oh, actually, let's quickly na- let's actually quickly set the scene with a couple facts. So the external review. Who 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 are the panelists for those who don't know? But we got is it Pavlich, Jeff Walsh, Graham Lowe. Yeah. Are those the three? Yeah. And Luke Sayers. And Kane Little. Okay. So those are five, right? Yeah. Now, we can confirm, we heard on, I heard on the radio this morning, Pavlich is doing it over Zoom from Perth. Yep. And Lowe is doing it over Zoom from New Zealand. Divine. So what is the point of this? This is the question I asked. So you've got three guys. So Sayers and Little are at the club anyways. So you're doing an external review. So you're bringing in three people from outside of the club. Only one of them is actually going to be able to do this review properly. 
The other two are doing it over Zoom. If I'm Carlton, I'm going Matthew Pavlich, Graham Lowe. Thank you so much. We we would have loved you to have done this. We came to you because we wanted you to do this. But re you know, the reality is you can't get here. So we're sorry. We're going to have to find two other people. That's what I'd be doing, and I'd be saying it's, it's no disrespect to you because no. you were the first choice. But you're not here. You can't get here, so we're going to find two people in Victoria who can actually do this properly. I agree. I think it's hard. To, I think doing. it's hard to make a determination, you know, when you're not actually at the scene of the crime. Yeah, no, I think well, you. I think well, you. are not going to get the full picture over. You know, you're going to get some great intel from you know players and staff and mm. the like over Zoom. But I think you almost want to see people, you know. Oh, well, mate, you want to see them in see action. See them in action. Yeah, talks cheap. Talks cheap. Players can come over Zoom and go, yeah, you know, I, I'm pulling out my socks every day. It's just this is going on, this is going wrong. If they're not there to actually see them, they could... They, It's like if I told you, yeah, I'm doing this, you know, you can believe me. But until you actually see it, it's a different story. You know, it, it's an interesting one. Just before we go on with the review, the Coaches Association votes, the one thing I look forward to Did they just Monday, come out as we record? They just came out. Lovely. Can we guess? How many Carlton players got votes? Three. Only three? Hmm. Well, it would have been Walsh. So Walsh got the perfect ten. Would have been Wiedering and Saad. Wiedering and Williams. So Williams got seven. Wiedering got six. Okay. So Rory Laird was deserving of five. Jordan Butts? I thought he played, you know, pretty dirty game on H. Well, H kicked a couple, but... You know, he had about five scoring shots. So, come on. Walsh now into outright fourth in the leaderboard. Wow. It's almost like a changing of the guard this year in terms of like the, the more younger midfielders. The, you know, the top seven here are Bontempelli, Mc- Oliver, McCray. Wines, Walsh, Miller, McCluggage, Parrish. No McRae or Petrarca in there. No, they're a bit further down. Whoa. It's interesting. You know, the, the next generation's rising to the top. Well, that's what we love. So we want to see. Um, Sam Walsh, fourth. Brilliant. <laughs> Let's go over this review, Bert. So I just <clears throat> think... But yeah, the, the review's such a tricky one as well. Because do you think winning... So I've gone through Carlton's fixture over the last eight games. And I think in an eye... The, a best case scenario here is 11 and 11. And... I think yep. re- the reality is nine and thirteen. Okay. Do you think winning? I just. Do you almost think an external review like this is more effective <clears throat> postseason rather than during the season? Well, they had to do something. They had to do something, and I think that they wanted to save the season, almost, or at least see yeah. what was going wrong. I mm. guess. I think it was definitely necessary because. Let me put it to you this way. If I, I, I think we knew enough after the first half of the year, we knew enough to know something was wrong. So I think it's best to get on top of working out what's wrong before. And as weird as this sounds, before we possibly get a positive change, because yeah. I think we can have a very misleading second half of the year. We've got a much easier fixture. Because even if we... Like, if we come out and win these games that we're meant to win against lower sides, yes. it doesn't write off the fact that we didn't beat any of these sides above us so in the first half so of the year. That's what I was going to say. If we end the season with 10 wins, which is obviously three more wins than last year, but we don't beat anyone in the eight, 
it's very hard to then go into the off-season and say, I think we're going to play finals in 2022. Yeah. Off the back of beating the bottom eight sides. Yeah. That's the issue for me. You know, these wins, as great as it is to... I've always said it, winning's the best thing for anyone and everything at a footy club. There's nothing better. There's no better remedy than a win. But sometimes I just think we've got to take it into perspective a bit that, you know, we're still so far off the standard you need to be at. I guess I think what we're trying to say is there are genuine cracks that have appeared in the club from the first half of the year. And wins that we get in the second half of the year, they're wins, and wins are wins, but they could be paper over crack wins. Well, we've got to win them first. Because even like a game... Oh, like that, th- that yesterday, was, that was paper over cracks. Yeah, we played for half an hour. That was a, that was genuine... No, it was a nice, it was great to win, but well, you know... to win, but... I didn't stay and sing the song. <laughs> but, you know, even this coming week, you know, Fremantle, as in, you know, I'm not sure whether the game's going to be played in Perth or... Victoria or bloody, you know, Wellington. I've got no idea. <laughs> but, you know, that's a team, you know, their percentage out of the eight Frio. Mm. And that's where we should be, you mm. know. Maybe not necessarily going to make it, but being right there and putting a bit of pressure on seventh and eighth. Couldn't agree more. Bold, I want to play some audio from Ben Dixon. Uh, did you hear this? I didn't. Was it on first crack? Yes, it was. And, uh... This was his little, this was his take on our uh, external review. Coming for this Carlton review, okay, mid-season. So my big gripe is they're doing a review right now mid-season on a guy who's just into his second year of coaching, like when you think he took over halfway. So they did a review last year, okay? Why are they doing a review now? And they've put a committee together who has Kane Little, Graham Lowe, Pav, Jeff Walsh, and Luke Say as the incoming president. So... Graham Lowe is doing uh, the review via Zoom through uh, New South, uh, sorry, New Zealand. We've got Pav doing Zoom through uh, because of the WA border restrictions. I think David Teague right now, okay, you, you've got to let him coach. And a review right now with no, no border director in your footy department, so there's no one on the board that is representing the football department. And then you don't have a coaching director. He's got no support. The, the the feedback coming back from David Teague is he's taking so much on. He looks fatigued. He's got chronic fatigue. You look at him now when he does his press conferences. He's out. He's out. He's asleep because he is exhausted. You've got to let this guy coach. His greatest strength internally, what they tell me, is his ability to connect with the players and coach the coaches. He hasn't had that ability. He's doing too much. He's doing way too much because he doesn't have a coaching director. All the good clubs that have had young coaches... So I'll I'll take you back to Hawthorne because you can only speak on what you know. Alistair Clarkson came in, heavily criticised. Who's who's this coach? Where's he come from? Jason Dunstall coaching director, sat at match committee, was fully across every decision. There was no review. They were in full control because they knew what the footy department were doing. This club, over the last two years, have no idea what they're doing. If they're reviewing last year's review, what what is going on? You're giving this guy no hope, no chance, and if you're going to make a call on him, there's only one call to make, and that's Ross Lyon, because he's the only coach out there right now that could turn the club around if you want a fast result. So I reckon the review right now is a waste of time, and I think they're going to find nothing, other than they'll probably have a couple of scalps, and they'll be assistant coaches, and they're easy kills. They're low-hanging fruit. But if you're going to make a real big call, you've got to make this call at the end of the year when you've got your proper 
um, governance in place. And you I mean governance. You think this is... This is an absolute farce. I really do. I really do. It's unfair to drop this on, the, on a man in middle season and people are coming in and reviewing their work from last year. I, I just don't get it. So it's my first crack. Credit there to our Fox footy. That was Ben Dixon, his first crack. Um, it's hard to disagree with that. Well, that was that was a. I think he spoke a lot of truth there, Ben Dixon. That was a great little, uh, great little speech. Yeah, he was a very senior player at the time. You know, when Clarkson came in 05, 06, 07. Yep. And then the flag came in 08, finals <clears> in 07, <throat> and they were horrible in 05 and 06, Hawthorne. Yeah. But no, it, it does make complete sense. I I agree, and, and that's what I was trying to say beforehand. You know, it's almost wait to see. You know. I see both sides to it because change did need, does need to occur at the halfway point yep. of the season. You know, we're still five and nine. We're so far off where we want and need to be. Yep. But it's almost like, I agree, it could just be a complete time, you know, waste of time. You know, we almost should be reviewing based on, you know, getting data from an entire season. Mm. It is hard because things change quickly, you know, for the better or the worse. Yep. It is interesting. So, yeah. I mean, look, it's hard to disagree with what he said there. Um, but next week, we got the Dockers. This is, this I think, a really good test. Mm. I mean, we beat them earlier in the year. I would have loved to, or I think we still can, probably unlikely though, I would love to play them in Perth. Because I think that's a real test. It probably won't happen though. I, think I, we'll, oh, I hope we don't. I'd prefer to play them down here. I think I'll probably play them in Queensland or something like that, no? I think Queensland's going to be a bit touch and go now with their restrictions. So Tassie. It might be Tassie, might be Geelong. I wouldn't play in Geelong. Well, Marvel Stadium and the MCG are already booked out for Saturday and Sunday. But why would we have to play them in Melbourne? Well, we're running out of options. Well, have, have WA closed the border to... South Have they closed the border to Adelaide? No, but South Australia have closed WA. Because, I mean, we're going to have to play somewhere where the border is open for Frio to go back home. Oh, I think there's always permits where they can, you know, go... Qu- no, no. It's, it's not- they can get home from South Australia, but they can't get in to South Australia. So, I'm saying, I think they'll make... I think they'll make... Uh, wait, why would the borders be closed to Perth? Well, to WA. They had a case. So, they got one case, so they've closed the borders. They've now got two, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, look, I don't know. I, I just think let's let's play in a place where the borders are open to each other. So, we can get crowds. We need crowds. Tassie is probably the go. I wouldn't mind that at all. I'd go to Tassie. Same. <laughs> um, Weekend in Tassie. <clears throat> that's a place what's there to do in Tassie well I was about to say that's a place where I wouldn't want to lose can our for my own mental well being can our Tassie listeners please and no disrespect I've just never been there I couldn't tell you what there is to do in WA either we don't even know if we're playing in Tassie yeah but if if we are if we are hit us up and let us know what there is to do there same as our W I've never been to Perth have you been there no I haven't yeah be interesting to go um Bold I think have we covered everything just needed to win. We needed to win. Now, uh, next week, we'll have a special guest. We'll have Twitter questions back as well. Yeah. It's taken a couple of weeks off. Just let's, you know. It was getting a bit. We needed to uh, We needed to win. <laughs> we really needed to win. Um, we have one, though. 
But next week's going to be big. Next week's a big game. We don't know where it'll be played, but let's just hope it's uh, let's hope it's neutral. I mean, we'd get a little cheapy if it wasn't in Perth. Oh, huge. Means we don't have to go to Perth all year. Yeah, great result. Well, Massive. Yeah, I mean, Perth, it's an interesting one because I still think we play really well in Perth. And no, a we lot do. Of it, we and a lot and of we our players well are, at Subi as well. A lot of our players are from Perth. And we've got a big supporter base over there. So, no, Perth, yeah, it's just... It's a bit selfish. I just don't want to spend the money to go over there. <laughs> expensive flights. <laughs> no, I, I, I do think though. Well, well, then you know we'll probably play there twice next year. Great. No, we've got a big supporter base there. Hopefully, they can watch us play as well. For sure. Next week, big one. Well, predictor changes. So you reckon unchanged? Oh, yeah, I think we'll be unchanged. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I actually think they'll make the switch. I think Casbolt will come in. I'm not oh, saying. Oh, actually, I- sorry. The only change will be Newman for Murphy. Well, yeah, that's yeah, that's a given. Yeah, let's quickly review the VFL game. True, you were there. <laughs> this was a shambles, mate. This was a shambles. Mm. So they've played the Northern Bullants. Um, who is that considered a derby? Well, I think it's a friendly rival rivalry. That's got to be considered a friendly rivalry, hasn't it? Yeah, I'd say so. I'm sure you know. So they have a lot like- of people that know each other across the two. Yeah, a heap. They hadn't won each a, a game all year, uh, the Northern Bullants. And they came out and they beat us. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was a win. It was a game we needed to win to stay in touch with finals. We're now two games out of finals. Um, yeah, this was this was grim, Bolt. This was absolutely grim. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We lost by five and a half goals. Um, it was grim. It was it was a really it was a, just a shitty afternoon in Preston. Um, I think our AFL listed players uh, will will assess them. Um, Jack Carroll, you know, he's had twenty five against Port. wasn't able to back it up yesterday. Um, didn't show a whole heap. Played through the middle. Yep, I think he had nine disposals. Didn't show a whole heap. Um, Gee, Williamson, he's an interesting one because he's really involved. Like, he's vocal out there. He's really involved in just about everything that happens on the field. And he, uh, once again, just, you know, he's had the 12 touches. Didn't is really... He, is he still playing more lockdown? I couldn't even tell you what role he plays. Is he back pocket or like more wing or... Half back flankish. Mm, he's in trouble. Um, Lucky O'Brien, he only had 12 barely... Barely saw it. Um, it's funny because our best player in the ground was clearly Sam Ramsey. He had 28 disposals and was, Interesting. And was brilliant, I thought. What about Parks? Um, Parks had a similar game at VFL level as to what he did against oh, that's GWS na- that's in na- AFL that's level. Nasty. Well, I I'm, I'm, that's nasty. That's just what I saw. Just what I my opinion of the day. Um. And yeah, Honey... Do you reckon Parks will be on the list next year? Oh, surely. You reckon he won't? He's a rookie. I know. Do you reckon he's one of those weird ones who they may have thought, well, we've seen what he can provide. So it's almost like a... Who was, was that a, guy? Was Brad a, Walsh. It was a bit of a late night thought the other night. Brad Walsh. Do you remember him? Yeah. One year on the rookie list, won the Northern Blues BNF and was delisted. Played a few games as well. Yeah, played, I think, two. Played against... Uh, Giants. Giants and Hawthorne. True. I just think... I don't mind... Par- 
I don't mind Parks. I just, I think he'll be an interesting one. I, I've, I think you, I know what you're thinking. You think they may look at him and go, "Well, yeah, this is about what we can get. Yeah. Probably not good enough." And I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying I think that might be the case with someone like Parks. I'm not sure though. It's an interesting one. I think it's, he's so young. He's 20. There's so much room know, for improvement. I know. But I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I get the writing may be on the wall. Brutal business. Brutal business. It nah. would, that would be a brutal delisting. Nah, wouldn't happen. Wouldn't happen. Because he's played. He's had some good moments at AFL level as well. Um, Cottrell, 17 and a goal. Um, I must admit, I think we said earlier in the year, we didn't think Cottrell would particularly stand out at VFL level. He's probably been top three for us two weeks in a row now. So he's, he is... But know, does he look the- a level above? No, not really. But I don't think anyone looked a level above yesterday. Yeah. Well, in fact, no What's one did. The, what, where are and Honey, of- I mean, Honey's an interesting one because Honey, whenever he gets the ball, it's just electric. Like, you know, there's there's something about him. But he missed two really, really easy shots in front of goal yesterday, um, mm. which probably, you know, books himself another week in the VFL. Where are Carlton VFL on the ladder? What's their win loss? We're, we're two games out of the eight, so we are uh, three wins from seven games. We're on 12 points. Geelong are sixth on the table, which is obviously the last spot in finals, and they're five from seven. So it's a really... It's a really what a shocking loss. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> what I mean, that's, that's what I'm trying to tell you. It <laughs> wasn't, a- a good, wasn't a good result for us. Terrible loss. Um, yeah, I mean, you know... All respect to the Northern Bullants, but they weren't expected to win many games this year, if any. Hmm. Um, you know who played well, actually? Do you remember Paul Ahern from North? Yeah. He played pretty well for the Bullants. And I must say, Ben Silvani was pretty good as well. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I don't think anyone playing that game has earned themselves a call-up into the senior team, which is disappointing. But yeah. I think that's all we've got to uh we'll see how we go who knows where when what we're playing next weekend hopefully it's uh, a beautiful saturday afternoon in tassie and we can head up there i'd, lo- I'd actually love it well thank you very much blue baggers thank you for tuning into this week's edition of the F- blues footy podcast but we'll be back to do it all again next week thank you against the famous old dog.